He's Christian. He's Jimmer. And we're back. Long distance. Long distance episode of Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. Jimmer is currently They're always in the best ones. Michigan. Right? Yeah. I am in Denver. Wow. We both Where have it's snow. Also snowing. Yeah. It's about, uh, I think they said it's like eight degrees here today. Somewhere Ooh. in the neighborhood. Oh, it's three degrees. I take it back. That's, that sounds quite chilly. It doesn't sound the best, does it? It's a good time to be. Are you wearing your shorts? I, of course. I mean, what else would I be doing? Yeah. I'm shorts, shorts all I'm the time. I'm not wearing <laughs> shorts. <laughs> but today we're going to discuss the Cyclops lesion, and then we are going to review the Cape Cod 40% reduced fat original flavor. It's kind of a long title, I guess. Who uh, sold you those? Costco, I believe. It's a large bag. They're, it's That's 30 ounces. It's one pound, 14 ounces of potato chips. But they're 40% less fat. Well, yeah, so I guess in that regard, I can eat 40% more and not have too much trouble. Right. Well, that's Which good. is unfortunate if they're not very good. Oh, man. Well, let's get to the Cyclops lesion, I guess. Let's so, do it. The Cyclops lesion is also known as a anterior arthrofibrosis. Sounds expensive. It does sound expensive. It's the... It's an uncommon result of an anterior cruciate ligament reconstruction. It pops up from time to time. I don't think we've had very many over the last eight years or so, but they pop up between 10 and 20% of the time following ACL reconstruction in the literature, which seems really high, actually. I was going to say, because I've done my share of ACL over the last 30 years. And I can only recall one. And I'm not even 100% sure if he had a true cyclops lesion. Yeah. Um, he had a screw removed because of issues. And I've only done one in eight years myself. And that was an interesting one because it didn't present in the fashion that is most typical. Um, huh. Symptoms include anterior knee pain, loss of knee extension range of motion and strength, and then uh, usually poor gait and Definitely, as a result of poor gait, poor jogging and running. Difficulty loading is another way of saying that. Was that a runner or not? Uh, Your patient? MMA was the cause of the injury, but okay. uh, didn't didn't just do MMA. Kind of a multi-sport athlete. But yeah, I was older individual, 50-ish, give or take. So, younger. Yeah, I'm in. Just throwing that out there. Not not your <laughs> not your typical anterior cruciate ligament reconstruction candidate, but no 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 need to crawl back out. You can just stay there. Uh, so this uh, this injury was first noted in 1990 by Jackson and Scheffler. The easiest way to visualize it is on imaging. It's not something typically that you can feel or that you can in any way as a patient specifically articulate. Uh, with imaging, it looks like an eye, thus the cyclops concept. It is an quote-unquote ovoid mass with venous vessels in the center. So it kind of gives it that eyeball-type look. It's most commonly found near the intracondylar notch. And uh, it sits a little bit anterior to usually the tibial tunnel of the ACL reconstruction. Should be some good pictures, right? There should definitely be some good pictures. Uh, this can either be 
a hard, so bony mass, or it can be a soft tissue mass, in which case it is a fibrocartilage mass, mass also known as a cycloboid. I think I said that right. Cycloboid. That sounds like some type of uh, ocean crew. <laughs> but yeah, uh, typical size, 14 mils by 18 mils. That'll give you one and a half centimeters by one centimeter roughly. So pretty large chunk to be sitting inside kind of the knee joint there a little bit. Specifically speaking, it'll result in an average of 19 degrees of knee extension loss. So that's very specific. It doesn't appear to be related to age, sex, time of injury to surgery, or graft type. Uh, there's no specific demographic item you're looking for with this. And then when it comes to etiology, there seems to be some randomness to it as well, but they talk about bone debris related from drilling, uh, an increased anterior position of the graft, a poorly removed ACL stump, so if there's remnant left over, uh, a partially torn anterior graft fiber, and then graft hypertrophy or graft impingement will also result in this cyclops lesion. It kind of ties into last week's failed surgeries. This could potentially be just not a properly performed ACL reconstruction, which is one of the things that could result in the, the list that you just mentioned. Absolutely. I mean, this falls well under the failed surgery time frame. Generally speaking, in terms of prevention, it's usually more often seen with increased inflammation in the knee joint and also with individuals who are obviously struggling to get knee extension. The knee extension question is always a chicken and or egg situation. Which came first? Is the cyclops lesion preventing extension? Is the lack of extension causing the cyclops lesion? Really hard to say. Yeah. Treatment at the end of the day is usually an additional surgery to go in and actually have the cyclops lesion removed. It's a fairly short procedure as they kind of just go in and clear it out and close you back up. Obviously, if this is something that is happening on a regular basis to a specific surgeon, we would probably have to look to see what the surgeon is doing. But like we mentioned, I mean, really not something we see very much of. Two over 10 years, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. If that. Yep. Yeah. So, so besides, um, so when they do the surgery, do you have any data on what the reoccurrence is after surgery? Here. Uh, no, I wasn't able to find a specific reoccurrence. Uh, maybe it is if, if you've had one, you've had another, and they consider that part of the ACL reconstruction, and then it just falls back into that 10 to 25%. But right. nothing jumping out of the research right off the bat there, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's probably something that people don't want to track. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So. Failed total knee replacements. It's yeah. just that, that that number is so large that it's uh, interesting that, that it doesn't come up more. Yeah, I mean, especially I've heard about it more regularly with some friends of mine who work at at different establishments. So I don't know if it's if it's specific to their age population that they're that they're treating. Generally, a, a, a younger adolescent age group. I don't know if that's more common for them, individually speaking there, or if it's just something where um, something in the protocol or something in the surgeon's procedure is is not 
or is causing a higher likelihood for that. It's yeah, it's hard to say, but. But since it is in the category of failed surgeries, like you said, there's probably not a lot of surgeons volunteering this information if they've had it happen more frequently. Unfortunately, probably not. Yeah. Uh, and with the one individual that I saw, I think at this point they're like four or five additional knee surgeries down the road, all stemming from essentially just a poor uh, response to the initial ACL reconstruction. And so... Yeah. For whatever reason. Not difficult to say if that's patient-specific there at that point or if that's, again, surgeon-specific or, or what exactly is going on there. Uh, and I am no longer treating that specific individual, so uh, I, I don't know what now, like, the four- or five-year follow-up of that in situation would be. But what was funny about that individual is that knee extension was equal to the opposite side, just had a lot of anterior knee pain. Uh, we were about six months in to post-recovery. Uh, we, were, we were doing a lot of uh, return to sport type of stuff. And the gait pattern was, was typical. The jogging pattern was, was quite atypical. And uh, based on kind of anterior knee pain and, and poor jogging pattern, that's the reason that we sent them back to the surgeon uh, just to take a look for additional follow-up. Yeah. Uh, and that resulted in additional surgeries. Yeah, so that extra, you know, MRI to see something else had happened or if, or if the grafts had failed, something along those lines. Very clear cyclops lesion in this individual. And then they went and had the, uh, the cyclops lesion removed, at which point we no longer worked together following that. And then uh, followed up with that patient for probably another five or six months, and they had another two or three surgeries in that same window due to other issues popping up. Hmm. And so... Very interesting case there, and again, I don't have the full outcome and full story there, but right. but potentially resulted in more of a, a knee replacement situation in that that individual. Again, like I yeah. said, 50 plus, and I think it was probably four or five knee surgeries within a year, so not ideal. That's never conducive to successful re, uh, rehabilitation. No, not a good one, unfortunately. But the Cyclops lesion, something to pay attention to, specifically if you have ongoing knee extension difficulty or just a lot of anterior knee pain post-surgically, especially with ACLs. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I think we're on to trivia time. Yeehaw. Can't so, believe how many people got it right. Oh, dude, everybody basically got this one right. From what city was the Titanic launched? The answer is Belfast. We have to congratulate Dr. Mike Pascoe, Daniel Kunkel, as well as Meg. Meg's even been to the museum, which is really cool, by the way. Yeah, uh, the, the building is fantastic. The building looks amazing. I guess the experience has got to be something wonderful as well. I think it's quite probably impactful of an experience, is probably the yeah. best way to put it. And then we also had one um, close but no cigar with Mr. Grant Schumann. <laughs> he, he initially guessed New York City. I told him that the boat was on the way to New York City, uh, at which point he changed his answer to London. But uh, but he, he yeah. got last he, he got last week right, so he's good. Yeah, he's he's got some. Which way harder. He's doing great. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty fun. This week's question: Where did the potato originate? That's a really good one. We're looking for. Uh, you can go a region, you can go a country, you can go a longitude, latitude type of thing. I mean, we'll take whatever you give us. You're the general vicinity, we'll give it to you. Yep. But we are on to 
chip time. So the Cape Cod, 40% reduced fat, original flavor. Just a uh, sea salt chip here. Nice kettle cooked chip. Uh, Cape Cods. Grew up with Cape Cods growing up in Connecticut. A lot of those in my uh, my youth. A lot of foldies always in the Cape Cods, which is nice. But wonder why that is. I'm trying to open my bag. It's not working. Oh, oh, they they're delicious. Mmm. Mmm. Bag out of foldy too. Nice. Is that. Those look good. Those look good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Cape Cods, I mean, really good. For me, the original, just kind of a one thumb. It's a very steady eddy type I'm of chip. I'm still chewing. Chip, chew away. Steady eddy potato chip. Oh, this uh, chip to air ratio, 45%. Uh, this is the large Costco 30-ounce bag, so... Um, so it's a, a two-evening... A two evening kind of bag. Oh, this might, this is, I mean, regular bags are eight ounces, I think. So this is, this is like a close to a four evening bag. Well, mine is delicious. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. <laughs> uh, yep. I'm going definitely, I'm definitely going one thumb. It's, it's a really good chip. It's just. I want to join you because it's, uh, you know, yeah. it's good. But it's nothing out of the ordinary. Steady Eddie as it goes. Nice stuff. Yeah, there. It's definitely not a, uh, not a tuna chip. No, it's not a tuna chip. No. But in some ways, that makes it better because it is potato. <laughs> and in some ways, it, it makes, makes it worse. It makes it more original. That's right. Much more. Hence the term original. I think that's where they were getting that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a, it's a nice salty chip, though. It goes well with most things. But thank you for listening today. Hopefully, the audio quality is, is good enough. Hopefully, there's not too many problems there. If there are, I apologize already. We'll see what happens when we edit. You never know. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. We're glad you could call in. The uh, hotel room looks lovely. That was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> we almost kicked this out, but it's a story for another day. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to talk about Palmaris Longus. We brought that up before, but we'll uh, we'll dive. We'll do a deep dive into the old Palmaris Longus next deep week. Deep dive into the Palmaris. I can't wait for that. It's going to be exciting. And then we will review the Lay's West Indies Hot and Sweet Chili Compliments of Chem. So we'll get to that. Looking forward to those. If you like today's episode, give us a uh, follow, uh, tell your friends, review, subscribe, all the good stuff. If you want more information about Cyclops lesions, we will be posting things on the Instagram and Twitter throughout the week. For more information on rebound therapy, check out the website, reboundclinic.com. Thanks for your um, your technical expertise today, Christian. Glad yeah. we worked it all out. Some, some broken headphones, and that's all we needed to do. Replace the headphones, <laughs> and, and it turns out we're okay. But uh, thanks for thanks for calling in from frigid Grand Rapids. No, you're not. Are you in Holland? Holland, Michigan. We're in Holland. Yep. Holland, yep. Michigan. North, 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 North Holland. Oh, delightful. And then we're yeah. in uh, in frosty Denver, single digit Denver. But uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, bud. Bye. Bye.